You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session seven. I am excited for this session because I think it is a really good strategy episode. I think that we talk about a lot of important things that definitely, of course, apply to Sabrina's business, but I think that also apply to many businesses, including like lifetime client value, using your data, not creating false urgency, resurgence of email, like really important stuff that I think is going to apply to you at any level of business that you're listening from. So I'm really excited for you to dive into this session. I hope that it really serves you. And I hope that you can, you know, pretty quickly take and apply a lot of the things we talk about here to you and your own business this week. And I hope that it really produces some amazing results for you. The audio is a little rough (laughs) this episode. We had talked seriously about scrapping it because of that reason. I obviously want you guys to have like a really useful listening experience and this is not necessarily that, but at the end of the day, I feel like what's so important about literally is that it is showing you the full journey. It's painting a full picture. And I feel like this episode really showed you a specific piece of the journey and I didn't want to let go of that. So just know our editor did a very, very, very excellent job with what she had to work with, but it is not where we would want it to be or where they will be in the future. We realized this happened and we made adjustments for subsequent episodes. So this shouldn't be an issue again. So if you are very annoyed at us today, it's totally, totally okay. Our apologies and will be solved next time. So just wanted to give you a little heads up on that, but If you can make it through um, kind of the fuzzy pieces of it, I really think this is an important one and worth the listen. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Risen from the... I'm good. (laughs) You look better. You look a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a voice, so it's just nice to be out of the bed. And I left my room for the first time three days ago. (laughs) (laughs) At least you know how to slow down and take care of yourself. Just don't leave your room. So it worked out well. I got through about four seasons of Law & Order. So I made good progress. Perfect. I'm glad you were able to be so productive. (laughs) Like you did or Twitch anyway. I did two CEO confessions emails. The first week I couldn't do anything. And the second week I started doing a little bit of stuff. I recorded four episodes this morning. So good. I think that it's so funny because that is like such progress for you, right? Like, I think it would have been so easy for you to just drop everything and to be like, I obviously need to rest and take care of myself, but I also am going to like find where I can be consistent. Like, I actually think that's a really big deal. Well, I was really happy like first week not to do anything. Like I still did Rich Witch, but, and I wrote my CEO confessions email, literally the only thing I did. And then I think the second week I just got bored. Because I was like, I hate tea. Because I had like 100 cups in two weeks. I hate soup. Soup sucks. You know, like I was having a breakdown. And Paul's like, what is going on? But yeah, so that anger (laughs) handled into work activities. Perfect. We'll take it. Okay, so how are you feeling getting like back into it? But like also we're selling the whole time anyway. So like it's not like you've really been out of it. But I mean, I'm sure like you kind of have to get back into some of the sales activities. I sold another millionaire spot and I sold 10 or 11 wealthy women spots. Some still out there pending. But were really great. It was probably like 150K plus in sales. So good. And I mean, that was with you, like not really doing a lot of the stuff we talked about even yet. Right. Like, I mean, the outreach and everything, like, I think like that, that was pretty much entirely just from wealthy or I mean, from rich, rich, right. Totally. Didn't do a ton of follow-ups because I was like mentally not there, but I will kind of circle back to anyone lingering this week. And I mean, I still closed a decent number, so I feel really good about it overall. Like, I think I did well. I mean, what, what did I say to you? Like, if you made 150K and you only had to show up for, what, three hours or something, like, what was the math on that? It's pretty good. Pretty worth it. Um, we should think about those free events sometimes, right? Yeah. 
So I feel good about that. It definitely worked out well. But one thing I did notice just kind of looking at who purchased is most of them had purchased a mini program and some of them two or more, three or more. So I think that's definitely good evidence to like keep those for next year because that I think is what makes wealthy and easy sell. It's just they get to work with me in that capacity. I know their name. I learn about them and they're like, okay, let's do this. Almost all of them had purchased something from me prior Yeah, that's super good to know. And also like really nice to feel like it's worth it then. So like even in doing those, it's not necessarily like we're just calculating like what do you make off of one small program? It's like we're calculating what is the lifetime value of that client. So something that's really important to talk about here that I want to be a big takeaway for y'all this week is focusing on lifetime client value if you want to scale your business. So in this example, Sabrina is really realizing that like all of the people making bigger buys right now for her programs all purchased smaller programs before. And so what that's telling us is we're doing a great job of focusing on lifetime client value and that it's going to be more and more scalable. You know, I think what people get confused with in the online space is they think that people that are making ton of money and selling all these programs that they're getting new people every time, but that's actually not true at all. Like what's typically happening is the same person is buying multiple offers from them. And that's how they're growing and scaling is that someone is actually walking through like a product funnel like that. And they're, you know, a repeat purchaser and the lifetime client value is continuing to expand. So it's not just about how do I get new people, new people, new people. Sometimes it's absolutely about how do I give people such a great experience that they become a lifetime client and then that value continues to increase both for us and for them. Personally, for me, this is like the entirety of what I've built my business on, um, right? Is focusing on lifetime client value. So just wanting to say that like, this is one of the not so secret secrets to scaling is really focusing there and looking at that and seeing how you can go deeper and deeper with this, because it's not just always about new people, new people, new people and churning through audience members. It's about giving them such a great experience that they continue to purchase from you again and again. Totally. Yeah. So that worked out great. And yeah, I feel good about my decision to go with the year long. Like I think I definitely got it and validated back to me that like people wanted that. And I feel also really happy with the structure that I settled on. Very good. So we don't, we do not have to talk about that ever again. Well, no, because people have bought it. So it's happening. Perfect. Done. I feel excellent about that. Yeah. And then um, we also, I had for a couple of days after Rich Witch, if they paid in full, they could get a one-on-one call with me. So those have been really great in these 30 minutes. So I feel good about that. Okay. So what's on your plate right now? Like, obviously we have Black Friday Bootcamp. We have yeah. continuing the sales office. We have a lot of like personal outreach from you. Like, where are you at? Where are you feeling? So... Black Friday Bootcamp is happening next week, and I feel good about that. The actual Black Friday sale, we're also ready for. So the sales page is done, and I had the team pull all of the old emails and social posts. I'll be going through those this week or next week, or my copywriter go through those, and just here's what we're doing. The 2020 planning workshop is done. And I have a question about that one. So typically I do it free, but I was wondering if I should charge $23 since it's like 2023, $23 or just make it free. Cause we also have vision board party three weeks later. So typically they're both free, but I'm wondering if one should be paid or not. I think it definitely makes sense to do one of them paid. It just depends on which one, but I'm assuming sales planning is the one that makes the most sense to do paid versus like vision boards more just kind of like like fun party kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought $23 just make nice and low. Like I could do two thirty rather just keep it super low. No, I like 23. So we'll have to tweak that copy slightly, but that's good to go. They're already making the graphics and the sales page is done. 2023 vision board. Also what's nice is you've done that enough that like, I think people that have been in past years will be like, okay, no brainer to pay 23. You know what I mean? Be nice and easy. And then pre-vision board party is also ready. Yeah. Pretty much every single launch through the end of the year is finished. So the next launch we'll start working on is abundant AF. That'll be launching in two and a half months. Perfect. Yeah. So that's all good. Content bank. We're almost finished. And their deadline for that, for it to be finished, is in about three and a half weeks. So they'll definitely 
get it done way before then. The Wealthy Woman page is done, so the copy and the design developed and loaded this week. And then, yeah, I mean, pretty much everything is really good to go. I feel like I've done yeah. everything in my business. Like, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> uh-huh. Wrong. What do you have to do? I think the next thing I kind of really want to nail is like day-to-day content. You know, like, I think I've really nailed the, like, long-form pillar content, but I think more of the day-to-day shit. The right answer there was mindset. (laughs) Boo. I mean, I, my mindset is on point. I don't know if my mindset's on point or if I'm super organized at the moment, but, like, both. Fair. Okay. We will circle back, but the right answer was mindset. Okay. So, day-to-day content, though, tell me. Yeah, I think in my brain, I've kind of told myself, like, once the content bank gets done, then I want to start tackling that. It will be so much easier. I've thought about having my copywriter I've been working with for a long time kind of step into, like, a content manual because I really trust her to select things on my behalf. But, yeah, what was that grumpy face? I just wonder if haven't we tried that setup before and it didn't go very well. Not with this person. The other thing is previously the content bank was the way it was. So with the last person who tried it, they deleted 500 posts and then were confused about why they couldn't get content out consistently. So I feel like we've kind of solved that problem. So I'm also happy to go do this myself. If it's just a simple process of like go through the bank, select posts, insert it to content calendar, someone else will schedule it, but it's electing the content, then that works. But I kind of trust her judgment there. But I'm also happy to kind of do that myself to start until the process gets really documented and then pass off to someone else. Yeah, I think it makes sense to try it yourself for like even a week. Do you know what I mean? But just to make sure, because like I think that where you always kind of fall off on that is then you don't like how someone else is doing it and it makes you want to stop. As long as you can like build it for how you want it, then I think it makes sense for her to do it. Yeah, so that feels good. So I'll trial that to start. So I'm a huge fan of delegating. Trust me, (laughs) love me some delegation. But something I want to point out here is that sometimes we need to trial something ourselves before passing it off. And there's nothing wrong with that. So for example, Sabrina doing what she wants with the content so that when she passes it off again, it's a process that she actually likes and wants replicated. I think that it could be so easy to be like, well, she's the CEO. It makes no sense for her to spend time on that. And that would be true long-term, but she's the CEO. It makes a ton of sense for her to spend time on it because she wants to trial it and see if this works for her in the way that she actually wants things to keep going out, especially for Sabrina, because she likes to be very hands-on in things. Like I cannot tell y'all how long it took me to get her to stop doing her own graphics. It is an absurdly long amount of time, but she enjoys that and she really likes being in it in certain ways. So it also really serves her personality to kind of be able to dive in and do this herself for a little bit. But I would really challenge you to look at where would this be great for you in your business too? You know, I think sometimes there's this way where we convince ourselves that other people know better or would do it better. And we kind of almost step out of that CEO role a little bit and kind of give our power away. But sometimes the best thing we can do is be like, what would it look like for me to do it? And how would I love it done? And then how can I train someone on that? Assuming that I know best what works for me and my business and my people and my content, that can be really, really powerful. But yeah, so I feel like once the content bank gets done, I will maybe like more inclined to jump into that. I just need to roll with it now. Okay. And when is that going to get done? The final deadline is November 18th, but I think it'll be done well before then. Okay. So until then, what's happening? I have no idea. You're just doing it. Yeah. Just posting stuff when I remember to, which is like a really bad strategy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I can take 20 minutes to you- post. Yeah. Listen, it's, we're talking about two weeks at this point. So can you just like make that a thing for yourself? Like take 10 minutes in the next like two days to just like get that signed out for two weeks. Yeah. So I can do that. Okay. Good. But I like the idea of someone else doing that long term. Yeah. I think what's also nice too is like, she knows like some of your updated like results or testimonials or things like that. And so ideally she could grab old stuff, but put like updated things like that in it. Totally. 
And then um, podcast, we will be finished recording all Q1 episodes probably in a two weeks time. Yeah, I would say within three recording sessions, four recording sessions, which I'm doing two a week right now to catch up. By November 18th, I'm going to have the Q2 podcast calendar that I'll need to pull together and get your feedback on. And then CEO confessions, rather than try and get two months ahead, which was originally my goal, I think I'm just going to have like two or three banked for sick days or vacations when I'm like, I don't want to write one today. And I just pull that and send it out. You've been really, really good at doing those. You know what I mean? Not that you don't want to like buy yourself some space or grace for like if you get sick or you take time off. But at the end of the day, like you've been enjoying them and you've been really consistent with them. So it's not like this massive problem that has to get solved. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's easy and fun to just kind of then like work on it for a couple hours. Okay. Well, you're just like rocking and rolling. How does it feel to be so consistent? Weird, but great. No, I feel good. It's nice to have everything ahead because like nothing like phases me or bothers me. Like a deadline gets missed. It really doesn't happen anymore. I'm like, oh, it's fine. We're like 11 weeks ahead. So, you know, it all works out. Right? Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. So that's exciting. This has been, yeah, this has been yeah. just like such a gift to give yourself, you know? Yeah. So I feel good about that. Okay, good. So what do we need to figure out? Okay, so one thought slash question I have to figure out like Black Friday slash Black November. I'm wondering if I should put out a wait list to people early access and then also my Black Friday slash Black November dates. I'm very into the idea of a wait list for Black Friday for sure. I think like with how noisy things get and how quick things happen, like it's so nice to have people that like know they're waiting for that and have like elected to like be like told when that happens and I think like it just helps you a little bit not that you're not going to promote it publicly but I do think like a wait list just gets people in in a different mentality right where they're like literally waiting to check for that yeah we had a wait list last year so the pay page is already set up like animation is all there and I figured I would probably drop it at Black Friday Bootcamp by the way if you want to get my Black Friday offers, sign up for the waitlist. So basically, November 1st, we drop the waitlist. Yeah. Okay. The smart thing about doing Black Friday bootcamp then is to be able to like build a waitlist for it. You know, I mean, obviously, you can still sell, you know, little or whatever off of it. But I think like it's so helpful to like use that for what you actually want to be doing that month. So if you know me, you know I love a waitlist, not not just for myself, but in general as a strategy, I think a waitlist strategy is typically, obviously not in every scenario, but is typically really, really positive. For this case, we're obviously talking about Black Friday, but I am such a big fan in general because I feel like what a waitlist does is it helps you give people a low commitment step toward your program. So, you know, they're not having to buy, they're just like putting their email on the list. And it also helps you see who your warm leads are, which is really, really helpful to figure out in terms of who you might wanna reach out to, who you might wanna have deeper conversations with, what type of person or business owner is most interested in this offer. Like it gives you so much freaking data. And that is what I am interested in. I'm interested in learning as much as possible from a waitlist and then also getting people to take that first step and first very small commitment toward the offer, right? I think there are so many benefits of a waitlist. The other thing it can really do for you is, again, this is Black Friday, so this is maybe not the most exact example here, but sometimes what a waitlist can do for you is it can really show you if you need to do more work before launching a program or not. So for example, say you have a waitlist for a new program coming and you're talking about it and like not very many people are taking you up on the waitlist. Well, amazing, you get a lot of data and learning before you even launch so that you can adjust and still have a great launch versus if you didn't know that and you went into the launch and then you were already getting a a really bad turnout initially, but you're already in the launch, like you're kind of stuck. But if you do the waitlist model and you can learn and get that data before you've ever even launched, it's kind of amazing what adjustments you can make early on that can absolutely make all the difference in your launch. So look at what model you have. Again, we're talking about Black Friday. That probably won't even be relevant by the time you're listening to this, but a waitlist in general can be such an incredible tool in your business. 
Yep. And then the other thing I have to decide is like how long I want to kind of launch these Black Friday offers publicly, planning on selling wealthy and millionaire anyway. So do I sell the black versions of them or is it just like message me to get details? You're saying like, do you give them the discount all month or do you just give them the discount like Friday to Monday kind of thing? Well, I was planning on giving them discount anyway. So I'm all yeah. for the year yet. I was planning on keeping a 9K pretty much through the end of 2022. And then millionaire, typically it's 12 months, but they get the six month option. So what I do is just for millionaire, have them apply and they can select the six month option or the 12 month. Mm -hmm. But if someone signs up for the wait list, what I can do is have the automation basically be like, surprise bitches, Black Friday starts now. And it tells them the details. And then we can follow up with them and send the sales emails time to go based on enrollment as opposed to like particular dates. I think that's much better because I think that's like just the same thing of like, we don't need to create false urgency for no reason when it's like, if you know you're going to do it all month, there's no point in being like, oh, I'm just doing it for three days because we're not, you know what I mean? So I would definitely just have it be like, surprise, it's now kind of thing or you know, even if you don't want to do that, be like, hey, put in your application. And then once your application is in, we'll tell you what it is. But like, either way, I think it just makes a ton of sense to lead with that all month. So something we talked about a little bit here is like not using false urgency if there isn't any, right? Like I'm a big fan of adding urgency in because I do think that sometimes that helps people get over the fence. And I do feel like sometimes that helps us come to a decision point, right? Especially if we're like very decision fatigued business owners, sometimes having that endpoint or that urgency marker really helps us like find that decision. However, what I think has gotten you know, far overused in our space is creating urgency just for the sake of it, or even like going as far as to almost like lie to your audience about it, where it's like, oh, it ends today, but really I already know I'm going to keep it open for a very long time. Like sometimes you do decide at the end to keep it open and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I've had plenty of clients that thought they were gonna end it and then decided to keep it open. And then we're just transparent. Like actually we decided to keep it open. Like I'm not saying that that's always you know, a negative, but what I am saying is that in our planning here, if we already know that we're going to keep that offer open, we're maybe going to do different containers in which we open it and talk about the offer, but we're certainly not going to say that it's disappearing if it's not. So just wanted to give permission there to say like, you do not have to use a ton of false urgency to make sales. That's completely unnecessary. You might want to be strategic about when and how you roll out those sales but this is not a requirement to have a ton of success. And I think Sabrina is a great example of that. So I think what I'll do is after people sign up, we'll send them maybe like four sales emails over like a 10 day period or something, but then we'll like publicly promote the offer. And for that, I was thinking about a week, a week and a half. So maybe like November 21st through December 3rd. Well, actually we'll have to do less than that because the 2023 oh, sales the plan planning workshop is the eight. Yeah. So, so let's just do it through. Can we do like the 21st to the 28th? Yeah, we can do that. And then we'll go to sales planning workshop. And then for the sales planning workshop, we can also just be like, surprise for 48 hours, we're opening up our Black Friday offers for you again. Okay. Yep. And then I think for the sales planning workshop, We'll do the same thing, give them access to sold out sales immediately, just because I think that makes sense. Good. Yeah, totally. I think like it's it's basically just like we have this deal all the time. We're only gonna publicly talk about it for like a week, but like anyone that joins the wait list gets to hear about it. And then anyone that joins sales planning workshop gets to hear about it again. It's not like we're creating all of this like urgency. It's like we're just talking about it in chunks. Or vision board party will pre-sell abundant AF again. Mm-hmm. Typically fourteen ninety seven. I think this year I used to seventeen ninety seven, and for Vision Board we'll do nine nine seven. So they save eight hundred dollars. Okay. Good. I mean nine nine seven is like very big. Yeah. Are you sure? So you we did do that much. That's what we did last year. Last year full price was fourteen nine seven, but they could get it for nine nine seven at a bunch in the app. But it was painful only, so it was like a nice little cash injection before the end of the year. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you could do $17.97 and $12.97 if you want. 
but I mean, or what you could do is like $17.97 and $12.97, or like do that pay in full of $9.97. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like $12.97 yep. is like if you're selecting pay or not. Yeah. That sounds good. Okay. Sounds good. So we've got that as well. We're going to get posting on my entrepreneur account again. So I've got a contributor spot with entrepreneur and I haven't posted anything this year, but we've now got a process set up. So that's good. And that's already rolling in though we're ahead on there. CEO confessions. I think we might post them on LinkedIn and as blog posts. Just, I feel like that makes yeah, sense. I, I think even like, you know, just picking a few of them, like maybe it's not every one that you do, but maybe it's just a few that you share. And then it's like, if you want more of these, go here. And it's like, becomes kind of yeah. like an opt-in. Yeah. Right? So it's just the opt-in for like getting them regularly, but the opt-in for like getting past ones. Yeah. That's what we did with passes. We're publishing one of those a month and the call to action is like, if you want to get ones every week, then yeah. sign up here. I'll have to figure out how I can share past ones with people. I'll have to figure you that just out. Do like a password protected page on your site or something, oh, yeah. or you could put them in like a PDF. Okay, so we'll do that. I do have to figure out. So I'm gonna have an ads, and Paul's gonna be the VM is gonna be there. My ads manager is gonna be there. I have figured out is that the Quizlet is great for general leads, pretty crap at closing on the front end. Well, almost every person who has purchased from us in like the last year actually came into our list through the quiz funnel. So that's obviously good, but they don't buy right away. Like they're buying much later. So we do get a lot of academy sales, but obviously duh, that's a course. During if we should redo the whole thing to sell courses, start online business academy, abundant AF sold out sales, launch baby launch, or still have it sell wealthy and millionaire, or if we should have it sell like one of the masterclass recordings and then OLM. But yeah, I need to figure out what's happening there. I think it does make sense to change it up, especially since we know like what you're saying earlier is like pretty much everyone purchasing bigger programs has purchased mini programs. And so I think that like it makes sense to have more of the mini options, especially since, and I'm not saying you're wrong here, I totally agree with your decision. I'm just making a context note, especially since it's 12 months now. Like, I think that is a big sell from, yeah, like, totally. you know, a quiz funnel. And so I do think it makes sense to start redoing it and do like mini programs or courses or whatever. I think I lean a little bit more toward the master class, just since it's such an easy step in and since they kind of get your energy a little bit more, but I'm like open to what you think there. One thing I had thought is like, we could always start with master class and then upsell them to course. Exactly. Right? Like we could sell high ticket sales clean first and then sell sold out sales, you know, or we could just sell like a bundle with like the Rich Witch Recordings, Vision Board Party, the Millionaire Mindset, the Manifestation Challenge, that all together as like a Millionaire Mindset bundle and then a bunch of AF. And just I like, like that better. I think that makes more yeah. sense. Yeah. And then I think just load those really heavy, also like pushing them to the past or like free resources. And then also taking old CEO confessions emails and even listen to the sequences. But I think that just makes the most sense. And so for us, what we've always liked about quiz funnels, we get to, to people by income level. So we know what they are. So I think we'll still do that because there's a question about income level. So let me answer that question. We'll just add a tag like wealthy lead. This is a millionaire lead. But yeah. Yeah. I think that that makes a lot more sense. And I think that like, honestly, it'll also offset your ads costs even more, which like obviously not that that's a problem, but that would be a nice bonus yeah. of this too. Yeah, so I'll set a goal rebuilt by Black Friday. We'll be doing so much other stuff, but that way we're done one advance of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Alrighty. So what we always want to be doing is using the data of what's working to make adjustments, right? This is how we actually learn from our business and our audiences, use the data that we have, not that someone else has, but like of what's happening in our business. So we know that small offers are working. So adjusting the quiz funnel with that data in mind is so important. Plus the change to a 12 month offer also makes it a no brainer, right? 
The other thing that's really nice here is that the mini offer can also help offset ad costs a bit. Now that's not the biggest issue or problem we're solving here. The ad costs aren't really a problem for Sabrina, but obviously it's really nice to see that benefit here too. But what I really want you to take away from this is when we can use our own businesses and our own data to make adjustments, amazing things can happen, right? We can see better sales. We can see better uptake. We can see things like helping offset ad costs because we're paying attention to what's working. I think this is one of the biggest things that feels so obvious, but that most business owners leave on the table. They're paying attention to what they hear is working for everyone else. They're not looking at their own data and their own results and then making adjustments based on that. And when you do, not only will you continue to grow, but really amazing side benefits like the offset ad costs will typically come from that because you're making your business work better and more efficiently based on all of the data that you have other things sabrina says i know we had talked about doing a video series i'm wondering if i should just like put a pin on it i also like a blog post slash email or column type thing just because it's really working for me at the moment and about like the aspect of like having to look pretty and record something on video you know well a couple things one is you agreed with me in basecamp that you're going to put a pin on that yeah, but then we talked about it on the last coaching call. That you were going to put a pin in it. No, that we were going to try it as a video series. Well, it's a good thing you have these recorded because I actually can't remember. But I <laughs> was going to do it as a video thing because you were like, no, no, you've already got the email news down. Yes. But they got yeah. it down to like weaponize against me. So yes. Or maybe me. Who knows? I could be wrong too. Yeah. Like yeah. either way, we can, we can just fight it out. But regardless, I think you should... Listen, I think to a certain extent, it would work really well as email. I kind of think email's having a big resurgence right now. Like, I think that that's like really becoming like a better lead source than it has been for a while. But I also think that the thing that we were talking about before that I think is important here is like just not adding too, too much to your plate. Like, I know that you mostly don't find out for the year, so I'm good if that feels true. But I also think that you're doing such a good job being so consistent that I don't want to like add more things that you have to be consistent with that now feel like it makes it all kind of fall apart. Well, I think that I tackle next to get consistent day-to-day -day content. So I don't think like Sabrina says it's like the next project, but I think that with my record of things pretty quickly and being, you know, I mean, I'm recording March 30th episodes today. Like literally this morning, I recorded an episode for March 30th. So at this point, I feel like I could add that to my plate, not today, but maybe another so. So I just want to try and figure out what okay. that looks like. But also maybe I just need to figure out what day-to-day -day looks like first, and then I can actually, here's the hole that we need to fill. Well, I think that that's fair because I think that the, the point is not just to add something. It's to figure out like what else do they need from you to convert kind of thing. It may be video, unfortunately, or maybe it's not. Again, I think email is kind of having a moment too. But I think like, yeah, if your day-to-day -day is having almost no video, then this is kind of the opportunity there. Yeah. So something really cool that I wanted to point out that's happening that I think is just helpful for people to hear is that I'm really seeing a resurgent in email open rates and engagement with email. And I think Sabrina's obviously saying that too. I'm personally seeing it, but I'm also seeing it, I mean, like across clients. Like I know several clients that are commenting on really seeing a big uptick in open rates and engagement responses to email. And so just sharing that because I think that's really helpful to hear and know. Obviously you need to pay attention to your business and what's working in your business, like I said, but that really is something I see happening. And also such a call to know your numbers. Like, do you know your open rates? Do you know how many people are typically responding to your emails, things like that, so that you can actually track, wow, that's increasing. That's getting better. I should be pouring more time into this. So if you're not already looking at that, this is really an opportunity to look at it. And if you look at it and see, hey, wow, same thing's happening for me. It really feels like my people have become more engaged via email recently. Then you might want to think about how can I shift my strategy to pour in a little bit more there. Personally, for me, I've noticed that lately and I've been shifting how I write some of our intro emails and different things like that, because it feels like there's much more of an opportunity there than there was not that long ago where it seemed like email was kind of like dying a slow death, right? And you know, maybe that will circle back around, who knows? But 
we're paying attention to what's working and what the data is telling us, and then we're taking action based on that. And like, I think Rich Witch was like a really good evidence of the fact that like when you're on video and talking to people, you can hurt really easily. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll think about it. We'll put a pin in it. What if it was like a monthly thing instead of like a weekly thing? I like thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it might just be like my three project. We already have copy for it and we already have branding for it. So it's ready to go. And then I also posted in my group saying like, I'm thinking about doing this series. I'm going to be written or video. Does anyone have any questions? And I got a really good one. I also have like something to work with and she has a column for fortunes and she does something similar where people submit questions and answers it. So of course she wrote like great question, but yeah, the vibe that I'm thinking is like sex in the city meets online business. Okay. <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw had a column. I like it. I know. I know. It just made me laugh. Yes. Okay. So let's revisit, but I think that like it might benefit you for it to be video, but like also open if that's not the thing that feels best. But I do think that like in some way, shape, or form, getting you on video in front of your people more needs to be a focus and a goal because that's just yep. working really well. I agree. Yeah, so we'll figure that out. The thing is just getting the webinar funnels running again because then people can see me on video if they want. Yes. But we'll figure that shit out as well. So to be clear, priorities are getting content bank finished and quiz funnel are like simultaneously happening and happening now okay good mm -hmm. and starting to kind of like update even like bundles and whatever like figuring out like what that needs to look like yeah so i'll get all of that mapped out and then yeah i think we're doing not half bad so you're already what like a tenth of the way to your goal and you've barely gone to do anything how does that feel We've done like three in sales. Oh, sorry. We're operating off two goals, I think. I was thinking about the goal where you said 100 people in wealthy. Yeah. I mean, that's fun too. It's still, <laughs> it, feels like a, it feels like a very big number. Like, I feel like I was just drunk. Like, I want 100 people. Like, it feels not sure if it's actually going to happen. I get closer to 40 to 50, but it's fun to go for it and stretch for it. What I do think I need to do, though, is like actually fucking launch this program. So I think I might mm -hmm. kind of just full on launch it at the beginning of November and then just kind of sell people on the back end, both wealthy and millionaire at the same time. Like if here, go there, if there, go there. Yeah. I mean, like the only thing that's missing is like getting back into selling it. Cause like you did all the front end stuff. I mean, you obviously sold it on Rich Witch, but I mean, you're basically in the, the window after that where like everything needs to be about actually selling this. So yes, like the other things we talked about are like back end priority, but like actual yeah. front end priority in terms of like what you need is 1000% to be yeah. selling. So wealthy women's sales page will this week in terms of development. So we've got all that stuff. So it'll be nice by the end of the week to be able to point people to sales page. And also, since our list is so segmented, I can basically launch two programs at once. Yeah. Does that feel good? Yes. Do you feel ready to do that or what needs to happen? I mean, obviously, the sales page uh, needs to get finished, but like, I think, I think do we I, emails? Do we have them? Do we? Yeah, we have so many emails and so much shit. I think I just need to kind of like mindset-wise get in it, like into launch mode, if that makes sense. So, yes, you were right. With the Do you remember what that feels like? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, what you yes, I remember <laughs> what it feels like. Um, I think I can do that. What does it feel like? Chanel. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think I just need to kind of like write out the goal, see the goal, be the goal, and come up with like content plan, email plan. Just, I think that's the piece that I have not doubt, but I think once I have that and, you know, pour a glass of champagne, I think we will be in launch mode. But yeah, I think I also need to get behind a hundred people because that is a lot. You got 10 and you like barely did anything. Yeah, I guess what else, but you know, going out, doing it, crushing it, eating it. Yeah, I think like the, the difference for you is like, I think you are used to lately being in the mode of like, 
passive sales. I don't have to do that much and I make sales and so it's easy and it's whatever, but you don't have to like almost like effort for it. And I think like the launch mindset is kind of being willing to effort for it. And I don't mean that obviously, you know, it's like in a hustle way or whatever, but I just mean it in like a fully being present in it kind of way versus like what you do, which is like not be fully present and then be like, oh, I made a bunch of sales, but I wasn't present. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I actually have a module mindset and a module on sales mindset. So I think I'll just go listen to myself for hours. That would be great. Be your own best case study. So weird, but yeah, down for that. But like, what are, what are you doing for that right now? And all seriousness, besides listening to yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I'm doing a ton of mindset stuff at the moment. I feel are not. Are not. Mm-hmm. But I bet I could get really consistent at it. You know why that's interesting? Because I recorded a a solo episode for the podcast about how you have like one lever that makes sense for you to pull right now and it's mindset. So. But I just had the drama for the series. It's like much better if I like have a crash and burn mindset moment and like cry and then I like pull over and then like everything's (laughs) so great. And then you can do a solo episode, see, you know, so I just feel like I'm really helping you out here that's so generous of you thank you so much for being willing to give me a nice whole jason moment however i don't actually require one of those you know what i require i don't know something lame like being authentic or being your best self what's the answer what's your bumper sticker answer what is always the answer serena the answer is almost always journaling right that's what i require (laughs) I require you to journal. (laughs) Can I have prompts? Yes. All right. You totally can. Will you use them? Yes. I might even send you a picture. Ooh. I would love a commitment to sending me a picture if we're going to make an exchange here. All right. Should we shake on it? We know that I don't really listen to those. So should we do something else? I would love to shake, but I would love for you to just take those seriously. (laughs) I I shake with Bennett on it. Okay, fair. Can't let the kid down. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Ready? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I think you should write about what it's going to feel like when you get 100 people in. Obviously done, right? But I also think that you need to maybe do one that is asking yourself, like, what do you get out of not going all in on it? Maybe fear inventory that. Okay. I could do that. So, like, obviously we want to reach the end result, but also I think that there is a part of you that is, like, still a little resistant to, like, doubling down, right? And, like, putting that in. I think there's, like, a piece of you that loves being like, oh, I barely tried and I got this effort or I got this result. hundred percent is a lot. But I'm not going to push it. I would love for you to do those, too. I can do that. And then send me pictures. Okay, deal. Okay, so I'm so obsessed with you guys getting to hear these journal prompts because the takeaway I want you to have is that the mindset stuff can be so simple. Like these are not revolutionary or crazy journaling prompts at all. It's basically like, let's start with how you'd feel and what's freaking you out. You know, I always tell clients to do feelings, freakouts in future, right? Like this is the work, it can be that simple. Like it is not about having all of these freaking like massively complicated mindset sessions and all of these like super intense channeling sessions or whatever is like supposedly the thing in the moment in our space. It's like really just about asking ourselves the questions that we're sometimes not stopping to ask ourselves. Like, how am I feeling right now? What am I freaking out about? What am I actually wanting to create? What would that look like? Like, those are so wildly powerful and they're powerful because they're simple, right? So it's not just like, oh, they're simple, haha. It's like, this is where the power is, is in not overcomplicating these things and not feeling like you have to jump through 32 hoops and have like 23 different types of meditations, but in just being able to go, these are some really important questions to ask myself. Have I taken the time to stop to do that? So if you haven't taken the time to stop to do that this week, this could be your moment. Look at your feelings. What are you freaking out about? What is the future you're trying to create? How would that feel? Go there with yourself. Take the time to do that because it will be wildly helpful and probably make such a difference that 
you will be like, wait, but that was so simple. How did it work so well? But like, again, that's kind of the ticket. Just like most of the simplest things in business work the best, the same is true with mindset. Why is 100 people a lot? I, just like coaching and managing and supporting that many people is just a lot. Like it's a big commitment and I take it seriously and it's, yeah, it's just a lot. Well, I think that that's helpful to even just like note that because you're not saying like a hundred people is a lot. Like I don't think I can sell a hundred. I think you're saying a hundred people is a lot. Like I have some weight around what it would feel like to sell that many. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe sure. that's a different question. So in that, like, what would it be like to sell a hundred? I think maybe the better question is like, what would I need to hold a hundred people? No, I can because I have how many support coaches? Four support coaches who have been with me, all of them for like three plus years. So I know that the infrastructure is there. The last time I had a hundred plus people in a group program was 2017. And that was only eight weeks. This is 12 months. And like the whole point is to get it to hundreds, not just an initial 100. So it's just like a big mm -hmm. leap. So I think like that's what you have to focus on in the mindset, right? Because like, yes, realistically, you can like logically know like, oh, I have support coaches or whatever. But like, it's so much more than that. It's like about like, who do you have to be? How do you have to commit? What is that going to feel like? Because like, you know, commitment is always kind of like your edge in a way. So the idea of committing to a hundred plus people over 12 months is like, of course, yeah, going to feel intense. So like, that's really the thing to look at is like, what, what do you need from yourself there? Almost, You know, not like even in the business, although if something comes up, obviously that's relevant, but more like, you know, what are you going to personally need to resource yourself with to be able to like commit and hold it, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll dig into that. Yeah. And I also think you're at such a different place. Like when you kind of hold back from wanting that many people in big programs and stuff, like you were just in a different place personally than you are now. I think like it would be a great exercise for you to almost see how far you've come in that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot has changed for sure. Yeah. Like your relationship with commitment has changed considerably. Like you've been married to another human for like a little while now. Yeah, two, two and a half years. It's like weird. Pretty crazy. So and, weird. Yeah. So yeah, it might feel totally different this time. But anyway, that's what I would dig into because I think the point is it's not like you're obviously feeling like, oh, 100 people is a lot. No one's going to buy. I think that's not what you're saying at all. You're like, 100 people is a lot to like have in my field for 12 months, you know? Yeah. And then also just knowing that that's like the starting point that we're going into the program with. Like yeah. the whole goal is to scale it month after month. Right. Okay. Spicy. You ready to do this? I am. I am just so proud of you. My little mama heart is like, because you asked for journal prompts and you're being so consistent and you took really good care of yourself when you were sick. Like I am just. And I'm leaving the house. Doing shit. Yes. You yeah. left your room? Like. No. I go to a play tomorrow and then Wednesday we're going to the forest, which sounds weird, but basically there's like, do you know Santa's Enchanted Forest in Florida in Miami? Yeah. It's been around for like 30 plus years and basically it's just this like giant Christmas fair. Okay, you have to go. So there's like a Santa's Enchanted Forest that Halloween themed in Scotland. So we're going to that Enchanted Forest today. Yeah. Oh my God. I literally have tears in my eyes. I'm not coming for Christmas next year. I'm coming for Halloween. Perfect. That sounds so incredible. Yeah. So we're doing that. And then on Saturday, we're going to the Scotland versus Australia rugby game. So good. You are just having it together, ma'am. I know. I love you. I'm so proud of you. I'm excited. You do I have to know what else is really fun. What's fun? that I feel like you're showing yourself and you're creating so much evidence and proof that like you can balance both. You know, I think in previous iterations of the business, it felt like it was almost one or the other sometimes where it felt like you were like traveling a lot and living life and doing all the fun things, or it felt like you were like in like business mode and launch mode. And like, you're doing such a good job of having both at the same time right now, which I think is like epic. And like, obviously it was good in its own way before too, but like to, to just like build the evidence that 
both exist at the same time for you, I think is really yeah. cool. The next thing I'll have to figure out how to cram in is like travel. I haven't pulled that one off yeah. yet. I, you know, I had that yeah. off last week, but I, you know, couldn't go off because I was sick. But right. that would be something interesting to see if I can add that into the mix and still kind of keep having it all. Yeah. Well, we shall see. When's the next trip? My next off week is in like two weeks. Okay. So that might be the time okay. to find out. Okay. So can we like make it to do for like planning something for that? Yeah. So we might do a family trip up to the islands just because it's so beautiful right now. Or I might go to Paris or Portugal or something. So we'll just have to see. I lost a little bit of time okay. with being sick the last two weeks. Also, I'm for sure going to America for living. I didn't tell you. Where are you going? I'm going to my mom's house. But as my other mom, I can also okay. come drive out and give you a hug. Yeah, I was like, so are you coming to this mom's house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah. I'm going to be there November 15th through 27th. So okay. it'll be nice and fun. Okay, let's talk about this. We'll figure that out because I want to see Pie Guy shirt. Hi guys. Okay, beautiful. I love you. I'm so proud of you. You're crushing it. Thank you. You're planning travel. You're you're gonna do it all. Yeah. Also, Paul's coming too for Thanksgiving. Oh my god! Yay! Okay, you'll be so happy. Yeah. So that's oh, that's so good. Yeah, Paul can meet Bannon. Also, I'm so excited. I can three times this year. I mean, you too. You're there as well, but I get to see T. Bennett a lot. Yeah, I hear you. I feel like I've like officially been like dethroned, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I'll get over it. No, he's just well, sweet. Okay, I'm doing all these things. So excited to see you. Yep. Okay. I love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business, but are short on time, then you are going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to a forward slash back pocket to dive in.